Hello and thank you for logging on to the Memory Gauge, your new favourite Digimon card game podcast. I'm your host Connor and today we are rounding out our colour theory series where we take an in-depth look at each colour in the Digimon card game with a look this week at the colour black. It's long awaited, much delayed, but it is finally here. We have a really great discussion about the colour black for you. Hopefully, whether you're a new or a returning player, you're going to find it interesting and useful. No announcements for you today. We don't have anything coming up other than to say, please, if you haven't already, make sure that you are following this podcast on your podcast service of choice so you don't miss an episode. And please join our Discord server. There's some great stuff going on in there, really great discussions, and a lot of great people who are playing some awesome webcam games of Digimon in there and otherwise talking about the card game. So links to that will be in the show notes. If you haven't already, make sure that you check it out. And now for our main topic, we are back with our Colour Theory series. This time the very long-awaited black episode where we're going to be taking an in-depth look at the colour black in the Digimon card game. We've covered every other main colour so far. We're finally up to black, which a lot of people have been asking about and are very excited to get into it today. But of course, that's a huge undertaking. So to help me out, I've got a special guest on today. So we're here with Devin. So thanks for coming on, Devin. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Connor. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Devin, um, very glad to have you on because you're probably the person I know who is the most knowledgeable about black, which is going to be really very helpful, obviously, because we're taking a really deep look at black. So that's hopefully going to be good. Yeah, um, absolutely. For, yeah, for, um, just for the people who are listening, who may not know you or where you're from, um, would you like to maybe tell people where you're from, what your involvement with the Digimon card game is, etc.? Yeah, so my name's Devin Parham. Uh, I run a local Discord in Tulsa, Oklahoma in the U.S., and uh, it's kind of pushed me into content creation and talking to as many people about the card game and playing as many people as I can. So uh, I run some small tournaments, and I pretty much just try to play and talk about the game all the time. Which is something that I can definitely get behind. <laughs> and obviously very passionate about the colour black in the Digimon card game. Is that is that accurate? Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I, have, I originally started out as a purple player in uh, uh, Special Release Booster 1.0. But uh, very, very quickly became apparent that every different archetype that's released in black is intriguing and I want to play it. So it's just kind of become the color that I gravitate towards. <laughs> nice. So uh, what would you say is the thing that sort of mainly drew you to black or I guess what's the main draw card for black as a whole? What is it that draws people to play that color? I mean, honestly, uh, something that really works for me would be the fact that there's lots of different ways to play. Uh, it's got a lot of different archetypes in the color and uh, a lot of really unique and specific archetypes that you don't see many other places. Plus, it just has, you know, some of the coolest Digimon. <laughs> oh, I mean, and that can be a massive draw card as well. Like, sometimes you don't pick a color just because of the mechanics. Sometimes you get drawn to a color because you just like what it's doing visually and aesthetically. So could you run us through what the kind of aesthetics of black are and what are the main uh, Digimon that you might find in black for those people who are thinking, yeah, I want to pick my color based on based on the aesthetics and the, my favorite Digimon rather than anything else? For sure. So there's a couple different kind of themes that go with black. Uh, it's one of the few colors that really branches off with its own individual archetypes. 
So one of the big archetypes and like kind of design schemes that you see would be the uh, mechanical kind of android side. Mm. And what's really cool about that is, you know, that the whole Andromon line uh, comes with a bunch of blockers. And so that's something that you see a lot in black is this machine based kind of blocking engine. Uh, Mm. And then on the other side is this um, kind of the, I don't want to call them evil characters, but always like kind of the anti-hero characters or the side characters that you don't really know how to feel about in the anime. They're usually in black as well. (laughs) Yeah, I never really thought about it, but um, obviously purple seems to have the main sort of villainy kind of colors because that's where all the evil quote-unquote Digimon are, the um, sort of demonic Digimon. But black, looking at the, just looking at the card list there, it seems to have those kind of those villains that maybe aren't so much evil, but maybe just a, a bit like amoral, I would say. The big one that yeah, stands yeah, out yeah, is yeah. obviously Diaboromon, <laughs> which didn't strike me so much as being evil in that movie or those movies. Like... As so much just as being, just, just doing yeah. exactly what he's designed to do, right? Yeah, like he's he's a computer virus, really. <laughs> so he's not um, <laughs> not necessarily he to be evil. doing anything maliciously, <laughs> yeah. right? But yeah, that's a whole other. <laughs> that's probably a whole other podcast to get into that. To be honest, I just I just I like uh, characters, bad guys that aren't necessarily evil. I find that interesting. So that's something that draws me to black. Like I love those kind of characters blackwall graymon the other big one one who's maybe not necessarily villainous so much as misunderstood absolutely and that opens (laughs) up a whole conversation about a really cool thing about black is it has the agumon line you know it's the it's the other color that has the the poster child of digimon (laughs) so we get some love with that but uh (laughs) yeah you got a couple of tai chi's in here who obviously is probably the the big protagonist among all right. the Digimon protagonists. We've got Agumon, who, you know, main character syndrome. People love playing with Agumon cards, so. Absolutely. Full plot armor, goggles, mm. you know, the, the whole, whole deal. thing. <laughs> awesome. So we know that Black has some pretty cool aesthetics, that kind of urban machinery, grungy kind of vibe, but. If you're someone who's more mechanically minded, what are the sort of central mechanics, the gameplay mechanics that we might find when we're looking at Black? So Black has a couple different mechanics. Uh, One that I've already mentioned that comes up a lot, especially um, I find right now in kind of the anti-meta of BT6 would be blockers. It is one of the only colors that has a blocker on every level, and not only that, but multiple blockers per level, so you kind of have some options, and if you wanted to, every card in your deck could be a blocker. Uh, Really neat. Um, The other side of that would be the reboot mechanic, which is... When your opponent's unsuspend phase happens, your Digimon also unsuspend. So you can get your extra swings in, and then still your Digimon are protected, or maybe even you decide to swing with your blockers, and they can still block on your opponent's next turn. So um, some kind of defensive mechanics is the, the vibe I always get from Black. It has obviously the most blockers, which is the most defensive mechanic we probably have in the game, because it's literally yep. defending yourself from an attack. We have Reboot, which lets you um, attack or have your Digimon be suspended, and then they are unsuspended on your turn, either to block again, or as you say, to keep them safe from maybe a, a mm-hmm. counter attack from your opponents trying to swing over them. Absolutely. And that leads into another one, which is... Um... D-Digivolve, which Black is the only place that you see the keyword D-Digivolve. Very, very defensive reactionary types of decks. Yeah, which is an interesting removal mechanic because it's um, it's hard to... It can be kind of hard to evaluate 
I've found because it's re- it's a mechanic that doesn't have a good equivalent in maybe some other games. Like we know how eff- how effective it is to just flat out remove a card or a piece from the board, but Digivolve is a really Digimon specific mechanic where you discard cards from the top of a Digivolution stack down to get and get rid of a certain number. Usually it'll be one or two. Sometimes you get something big where you get rid of four, so you can take a Digimon down from level six down to level three. And it's hard to evaluate how good that is because you can feel a bit less good than just flat out removing something because there's still a body on the board. But uh, how, you you play Black, obviously, a lot more than I do. So how do you feel about Digivolve as a removal? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a double-edged sword. I mean, mm. um, one of the, for example, one of the new cards that was released in BT6 is uh, Chakurimon, who yeah. has an effect when it's turned over in your security activate D-Digivolve 1 on one of your opponents. That is a wonderful, wonderful effect. That's a level 3 that you would always normally have in your deck for consistency. Also gives you a little bit of um, kind of fight-back ability from your security, when otherwise it would just be an easy check for the opponent. Uh, But at the same time, just D-Digivolving 1 sometimes doesn't quite do what you want it to do. In the fact that, awesome, I maybe D-Digivolve 1, and then your next turn you go right back into your Mega or into a different one that maybe even counters my next play even better. But that always feels a little bad. (laughs) But then, on the other side of it, there's things like um, Ultimate Flare, which is D-Digivolve 3, and then delete everything on your opponent's field that has a play cost of 3 or less. You trigger that out of security. Oh, absolutely yeah. nasty. <laughs> Still gives me security control flashbacks, that ultimate flare. That was absolutely. so hard for me to play around back in BT5. And buckle up, because black-yellow security is really scary. Oh, very exciting. And but that's like, it's really interesting that black-yellow security is kind of the way that it's going, because they... We we know that yellow can remove things because it's got that, like, reduce DP, which gets around all kinds of stuff. It is just kind of can be really gross. But it's interesting that black is the sort of most powerful color to pair with yellow for that kind of deck because you wouldn't necessarily think of that because, as we said, black is not necessarily removing a body so much as it is de-digivolving, so... But yeah, kind of maybe it's a lot away of, from that a little, but I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot of note. it's a lot of board control, you know. It's mm, a yeah. It's not a bunch of removal necessarily, but it it does a very effective job at stifling what your opponent's trying to do. So I think that's why security control is really taking advantage of it. Yeah, I suppose which plays in again to as as we were saying, black sort of defensive nature the defensive mechanics so not only does it get to be defensive in terms of the mechanics it's using for for on its digimon but also on its option cards it gets to control the board a bit more exactly so i guess that leads into our next topic which is to talk about what are the things that black is really good at what are the strengths of black and if you're playing black what are the things that you're going to be doing better than any other color. So there's a couple things that black does really well. Um, one of the things is the wind digivolving effects on your level sixes have kind of gotten a little out of control with the <laughs> latest couple sets. Um, they've gotten very, very good with the addition of Genkumon and Alphamon. Um, and then there's yeah. other effects like Diaboramon has several wind digivolving. Uh, there's lots of really neat level sixes. Um, mm. I think probably the best part about it is that because there's so many different archetypes, you can really find what style you like and play into it very well. So say you're really into the reboot side. I mean, you can go full reboot and give your reboot people security check plus one jamming. Uh, yeah. It already restands. You could give it blocker. I mean, it 
it kind it gets out of hand very quickly if you can get that stack. Same way with blockers, you put a cranium on on the field, all of a sudden your body of six blockers is almost unbeatable. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Black <laughs> does a very good job of, like I said, a lot of board control. You know, you you are kind of deciding the pace of the game, and as long as you have a response to what they're playing, it's extremely hard to get the upper hand. Um, yeah, it's, uh, Black does some really, really strong stuff there. Sorry, just looking at some of the cards, because you mentioned that Black has some really good when Digivolving effects on its level sixes, and I didn't really consider that until you just said that, and I was just reading some of them and thinking, oh, yeah, it actually does. Mm-hmm. In these last couple of sets, like Metal Garurumon from BT5, we kind of knew towards the end of BT5 that that was actually strong. That was taking tournaments out of nowhere. That when Digivolving Digiverse 2, um, delete something with six or less cost, or if nothing gets deleted by that effect, trash a security. Busted. So, yeah, really, really Ab- absolutely busted. That <laughs> some really great things. Looking at Gundramon, which obviously fits mainly into three musketeers, but still, like you reveal the top five cards of your deck, you use a seven cost option card, which seven's pretty expensive to get for free to be able to play that. And if you don't, you still get to delete one of your opponents, basically one of their rookies or cheaper level fours. Right. So not bad at all. And then, as you said, Gankumon, when Digivolving, delete all your opponent's Digimon with the lowest play cost, so wipe a board of rookies. These are... I, it was just something I hadn't considered before until you said it, and I was kind of getting lost oh, yeah. in a, reading through them and being like, wow, that is that is something that Black is kind of getting a bit yeah, more, more of. Which more is really than cool. a couple of cards, and mm. uh, especially with the release of all of these Royal Knights so that you can kind of play the Royal Knight yeah. Black deck. Um, I mean, Alphamon is going to be a card that may never go away. You know, that's one of those cards that can always be a one of in a deck because if you're not expecting it, Alphamon can steal a game very, very easily. Yeah. I mean, just just being a level six that has that security effect at the end of the battle, add this card to your hand. Just that Ooh. by itself is kind of, is pretty good. <laughs> Because if that was printed in any other color, it would instantly become the best deck in the format. <laughs> then if a Digimon with Royal Knight or X Antibody in its type is in play, up to 12 of your opponent's Digimon can't attack players for the turn. So if you can trigger that, you turn off your opponent's whole board. No one's going to have more than 12 Digimon, at least not consistently. Right. And it's got two relevant types, so not it doesn't only activate off Royal Knights, which there are a lot of. It doesn't only activate off X-Antibody, which is a very popular kind of type that we're going to see a lot more of coming forward. But you can be either of those, so you don't even need to pick a lane. It's just, ah, man. <laughs> right. It's a, it, and Black is full of those kinds of cards, you know, those, mm. those easy one-ofs in your deck that, man, if, if your opponent doesn't see it coming, it can be absolute at full swing of the game. Yeah, just the, those kind of toolboxy cards that you don't need to necessarily play as a as you say as a full set, but right, even just as one or two of can turn things around. So obviously these are all things that black does really really well. Not every color is built just to be awesome though because otherwise why would you play anything except that color? So right. <laughs> why don't you walk us through now some of the things that black maybe isn't as good at, some of the things that people who are looking to play black might need to keep in the back of their minds that they might not be as good at as the other colors. So the funny thing about this is that a lot of the ways that black suffers is the same ways that I love black. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have some of the largest um, specific archetypes in the meta. Uh, yeah. For example, D-Brigade, which is one of my personal favorite decks. I will probably have that deck built until it, you know, is absolutely unplayable. Um, they release just enough support for a color, or for an archetype, and then they move on to the next thing. Or they release 
one line that has one archetype, like Reboot, and then the other line of the set has Blocker. So they don't mesh quite um, perfectly. Uh, you know, they're not they're not releasing, say, uh, a Digizorb green set. You know, it's a lot. It's a lot of um, here is our main level six. Here is his archetype. Oh yeah, here's a couple cards to make Diaborum unhappy. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is another archetype that I absolutely love. But it's probably got the most support out of all of the black archetypes. It's still, you know, it's still lacking a couple. Well, with EX being released in Oceania, I'm sure that uh, you're seeing a bit more Diaboramon. Yeah, it's it's grown grown a bit, and it's doing some cool stuff. But I guess it's definitely true that um, black, maybe more than any other color, does seem to spread itself a bit thin amongst those specific archetypes like it it really likes to go in on sort of you know d brigade three musketeers diaboramon right. really specific kind of things it's that a make little it hard to too to specific cards. yeah yeah it's a little bit too specific on things which um you know it's great for the long term of the game so if they ever decide to say print another dark dramon for d brigade it's perfect because they have the cards that have been released and um they haven't released uh, rotation sets yet, so we'll see. <laughs> we will see. I mean, at the very least, I don't think they're going to stop printing Diaboromon stuff anytime soon. <laughs> oh, if the gods are good to us, right? <laughs> yeah, I, ca- I can't see that going away in the near future. I think we're still going to get at least one or two <laughs> cards every set or every other set for that. So, obviously, the fact that black spreads itself thin is a bit of a weakness. Were there any other weaknesses that people should be aware of playing black? Tough, tough yeah, question, isn't it? <laughs> it is a tough question, yeah. Um, you know, one of, uh, one of the problems that I run into with black a lot is um, if you don't get that perfect line, say your perfect Diaboramon line with your errata out on the field, it makes it very hard to uh, keep momentum. Uh, it, black loses momentum very, very quickly. If you can't yeah. find the, the one-ofs that you need in your deck to get this matchup to play perfectly out the way you want it to, it can be a real struggle. Uh, I've had the first I don't know, nine, ten games that I played with Diaboramon was released in uh, BT6, the, all his support. It was... Yeah. Or, I mean, BT5. Uh, yeah, it was it was rough. I lost lots and lots and lots of games because of bricking, and if you don't have the perfect line, that deck doesn't fire at all cylinders, you know? Yeah, so you really need those, um, those specific kind of lines, mm-hmm. which I think kind of leads into one of the things I've... And maybe this isn't fair because I think Bandai is aware of this as a problem and has been trying to sort of correct it. But at least in the early days of the game, 1.0, 1.5, we've we've mentioned that black is kind of a defensive color. It has a lot of blocker stuff, reboot stuff, etc., which is which is great. It's a really unique identity. But having a lot of blockers doesn't win a game. <laughs> it uh, stops you from losing the game, <laughs> but. <laughs> It's not in and of itself a way that you're going to win the game. And so I find that Black maybe, although, as I said, I think they're um, adjusting for this now, but at least early on, and even still a little bit now, Black struggles to sort of convert convert that defensive um, play style into actually, okay, now we've got to, <laughs> we've got to actually win the game and take out their security. Right. And, uh... Yeah, it's... It's a little rough when your win condition is not dying, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's not exactly a... Uh, not an easy win condition to, uh, yeah, to actually exactly. achieve. So when, you, when you're building your black decks, I think, at least from, from my perspective, I think you've got to be a, really aware of, okay, and how does the deck actually win? Because you can get really, like... 
really easy to get bogged down in there. And I'll have Craniumon and I'll use this new um, Diaboromon card from the Classic Collection to give all my Diaboromon blocker. And then I have all these blockers that can't die. And it's like, great, but that's... How do you win with that? And then what do you do? (laughs) Right. And then they throw down a Mechanorimon and it ruins your entire plan. Yeah. So you really, I think, especially... I mean, good deck building practice anyway, but especially with black, really make sure that you're aware what you're actually going to try to do to win. Because some yeah. some other colors tend to win just kind of incidentally. Like, it's kind of oh, easy absolutely. to win accidentally when you're building a red deck that the whole point is just to tack a bunch of security attack onto something. That wins. Yeah, and that, you know, that comes with uh, with cohesion of the, of the color, right? Um, yeah. Red's whole idea is to swing big swing a lot. It, they keep printing cards that do exactly that and buff. And, you know, and it's not always the same archetype. For, for Red, they, they, print, printed, they printed plenty of Blitz archetype for Blitz to be a totally viable deck, even though it had the exact same strategy as all of the Red decks <laughs> before it, you know? Make them big and swing for a bunch. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of different flavors of that, but it's essentially the same, <laughs> same ingredients. Right. And when you turn around, and the uh, the same the same ingredient for black is blocker, it makes it pretty hard to find win conditions. <laughs> I think I think that's why um, the Metal Garurumon did so well in America is because it was definitely written off as a deck that would not be winning, and then it just kind of came out of nowhere. And I mean nobody's leaving a level four on the field in that meta. And so it was just a free security swing, you know? Yeah, that's that's the trick mm-hmm. with that Metal Garurumon. The the effect mm-hmm. is phrased that like as if you want to be deleting your opponent's Digimon, but you don't actually want to be doing that. You, you want don't. to be in a situation exactly. where that effect doesn't trigger and you get the free trash. That's where, <laughs> exactly. that's where that deck really yeah. kicks off. Yeah, and that plays into a lot of the strategy behind black in general is kind of knowing what your opponent's deck does so that you can then accurately combat it because as hard as it is it is to find the win condition in a black deck if you know what your opponent's win condition is 90 percent of the time you can stop it oh yeah and then i suppose in in that case, your worst case scenario is that you you hold them off long enough that you can just get those chip attacks in and absolutely know, one one swing a turn. Yep, yep. <laughs> Still yep. does it. <laughs> All right, we've talked a bit about black. Um, maybe not having cut. Maybe committing to too many different archetypes and not having as many general cards as other colors. But I think there still are some cards that go in most black decks. So why don't you tell us about some of the staple cards of black? And when I say staple for people listening at home, the way I think of a staple is it's a card that you've kind of got to make a conscious decision when you're building your deck not to include it because it's just one of those cards that kind of slots in a lot of places. So does black have those kind of cards? Absolutely. And not only does black have those kind of cards in its own deck, I see a lot of staple black cards in other decks mm. as well. For example, Mechanorimon. Mechanorimon yes. is a level four, four play cost, three to Digivolve. Uh, this Digimon can't attack, but it has the blocker keyword. And if this Digimon survives a battle, you can unsuspend it. This card is anti-rookie rush printed on a card. It is one of the coolest texts to throw in any of the decks that you're playing. If your local metas has a bunch of Rookie Rush players, put a couple Mechanorimon in your deck. You won't be disappointed. Four costs to absolutely shut that deck down is worth it. Oh yeah, very, very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love Mechanorimon. He is um, probably one of the staples in all colors, in my opinion. But... <laughs> Uh, then going on to like, yeah. (laughs) Remember when anti-Rookie Rush was Volcanic (laughs) Dramon? Oh my gosh, yes. And that was kind of the best we had was to hard drop. Isn't it crazy? And we were, we were so scared of that. 
as yeah. a as a previous rookie rush player myself, which uh, of course <laughs> I don't I don't dabble in that anymore. But I did at once have a blue champion rush deck built. Um, oh, it was Frigimon is my favorite Digimon, so I had to build a deck around him. You know, well of course. Uh, but yeah, Mecha Norimon just absolutely shuts things down, and it. I I see it at my local metas in almost all of my uh, opponents' decks. They play at least a copy because yep. we really don't like Rookie Rush, and if you can find that one copy, you win the game. So it's kind of a no-brainer to all of us at my locals. Very nice. So we got Mikanorimon as a bit of a staple, not just in black, but in basically any deck in general to yeah. have a random forecast blocker. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what else have we got? Yeah, so uh, some of the cards that go, in my opinion, in every black deck. Um, one card that's really hard to not include would be Toy Agumon. Mm. One of the first black cards to be released. Um, it is the Greymon Lines rookie in black. And the first Toy Agumon reads uh, Inheritable. It gives this Digimon a reboot. That is extremely valuable if you can give some of your level 6s or even level 7 potentially reboot for free. It can get really easy to win games in that in that situation. Uh, oh, yeah. like just such yeah. a generically good level 3, mm-hmm. really. Like it puts me in mind maybe of the red starter deck Agumon. Um, it just gives plus 1,000. Like, not, not an especially flashy effect, necessarily, but it's just so useful I mean, in so many yeah. different decks. To a point, it doesn't even have to... Your deck doesn't even have to rely on reboot as a mechanic. But yeah. just giving any of your Digimon reboot at the end of your turn is just such a good um, inheritable. Like, w- we go with it. You know, it's, it's really hard. I have to choose to not put Toy Agumon in it. And yeah. very few of my black decks don't have Toy Agumon, to be to be honest. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, some more staples in black. Uh, we're going to lead into some kind of offhand decks. Uh, so I've already mentioned Ultimate Flare. That is mm-hmm. an option card that is in a lot of different decks. I see people playing it in Security Control. It's at least one copy is in every black deck that I play against. Um, and then the other side of that option would be Iron Fisted Onslaught, which came out in BT6. Um, it's an 8 cost, and it says you may delete all of your opponent's Digimon with the highest play cost. I have absolutely despised this card in my local meta. Um, I'm playing Three Musketeers mainly in BT6, and it just so happens that that card really, really, really hurts Three Musketeers. <laughs> Ooh, yes. <laughs> yep. Very, very good. I played... I very recently played, just for fun, at my locals, um, just, you know, while, while the event was going on, some other people were playing in the actual event. I'd sat down with my friend. We both had our Eosmon decks. We were like, we're gonna battle for Eosmon supremacy. Uh, <laughs> he got like a, just a board of those level 5 Eosmons out. Mm-hmm. And it was so satisfying to just one 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 card, Iron Fist and They've all got the same play cost, and it's the highest mm-hmm. on the board. Goodbye, you know, that's... Stick Eos one. Like there's not there's not very many cards that do that in this game. That is like no. a, a true board wipe. You know, I think that's why um, Shine Greymon got so popular because yeah. it felt so good to be able to just board wipe your entire opponent's field, but. Man, similar for black with, um, to just have it as multiple options. <laughs> yeah. Sim- similar with Ultimate Flare, if your opponent's going wide with, uh, with level threes. And uh, that's Absolutely. another sort of board wipe. It can be really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not as good single target removal as obviously, I mean, Gaia Force is still, I think that's where they're setting the the benchmark. Like, Oh, yeah. Removal with eight, no red, yeah. destroy anything. They don't want to yeah, make it the, the fact that, that it doesn't have any kind of stipulation on deletion, yeah. whereas 
most other colors will have, well, everything except for yellow, I feel, has some kind of stipulation on it. But, I mean, in black, Iron Fisted Onslaught, pay 8, delete whatever has the highest play cost. That's quite often what you're going to hit with Gaia Force anyway. So in a lot of situations, Absolutely. that's basically just black Gaia Force. Ultimate Flare Absolutely. can uh, de-evolve down litter- something until it's a level 3, cost 3 or less, and which then it will then delete with the second part of the effect. That's functionally a Gaia Force in black in a lot of cases as well. Not every case, but enough, I think. The only time I have not enjoyed that effect is I needed to delete a blocker one time and they had a level 6 on the field. And it's just one of those situations (laughs) where it's like, okay, well, I'm going to delete your level 6, but I wish I could have killed that blocker. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be those corner cases, but... um... Still pretty nice. Yeah, so we've got Ultimate Flare, we've got Iron Fisted Onslaught, which really both of those just very, very good. Obviously your Toy Argumon and your Mechanorimon. Are there any other cards you'd like to highlight for people who might be looking to build a black deck in the near future? Honestly, in this is going to be a bit dated, but Ooh. in this meta today... Um, mm-hmm. I think that Craniumon is one of the best level sixes that you can be playing right now. A lot, a lot of, a lot of decks have uh, three Musketeers, for example, which is the deck that I'm maining right now. It doesn't have an answer for Craniumon. Um, It, it, it makes it very, very awkward for decks to actually swing over you and win. And then, Mm. um, you know, certain decks like Gabu Bond have to start um, weighing their options of do they take their swings and hope that you don't block one of them, or I don't know. It Craniumon is a very, very good card because all of the removal right now in the meta, there's only one color that can delete it. <laughs> <laughs> And that color is, uh, yeah, it's not played right now. Uh, think, yeah, thank the Lord Knight. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I suppose Craniumon, obviously, it's, um, uh, level six, 12,000 DP, has blocker itself, and then has all turns, so every, every turn of the game, uh, your Digimon with blocker can't be deleted by your opponent's effects so very very hard to remove the cranium on if any of your other cards have blocker it becomes very very hard to remove them you can't gaia force them you can't delete them incidentally you've got to either attack into them or reduce their dp to zero or return them to hand or some other some other way of getting rid of them that is not necessarily deleting them exactly but it makes it very very hard it does especially in this meta i think that cranium on is a very good tech card um, mm. to, to counter the kind of uh, feel of what everybody's playing right now. Do you have any uh, any staple black cards, Connor, that you want to mention? You know, I've been thinking about it. I think that covers quite a lot of the cards that I wanted to talk about. One other card I might highlight before we move on is a Tamer card, actually. That again, sort of like Mechanorimon, I've seen this actually be used in some other decks as well. Not a lot of other decks, but sometimes. And that's Izzy Izumi, which is a tamer card from BT4. Costs four to play. It's a memory tamer, so it has that text, start of your turn, if you have two memory or less, set your memory to three. So it fixes your memory, makes it so you'll never start your turn with less than three. But the main draw of this card is it's on play effect where you reveal the top three cards of your deck and if all of them are black you gain a memory and then you can place the cards on top of your deck in any order so you get to look at the top three cards of your deck and reorder them however you'd like and if they're all black you gain a memory but that only matters sometimes occasionally this might be a tamer that acts like a uh hammersfark out of security but not often Oh, but that, that feels um, so good when it passes turn after ooh, coming yeah. out of security. Feels so good. That's happened to me multiple times, and that that definitely is the best card to turn over in <laughs> security for black. Being able to then stack your deck and decide what you draw next is just 
too good. One of the one of the only cards that lets you do that in the game. Yeah, so just can be like really really strong to order those next three cards. You do sometimes get stuck when you look pick up those three cards, you look at them and you think to yourself, I don't want any of these. That can feel really bad. <laughs> yeah. Or I'm going to put these back in the exact same order that I just yep. looked at them, which also doesn't feel great. <laughs> but you'll sometimes get those moments where you look at those top three cards and you think this card that was three turns away, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that now because I've got a digivolution that I can do, or I'm going to get that at the start of my next turn and be really set up, or I've can order these so it really benefits me over the next few turns. There's a lot like of little sort of incremental advantage that you can gain with that effect. And I think it's don't don't sleep on Izzy Azumi, even if you've just got one or two of them. Just because when it does come up, it, it's I mean D Brigade obviously really likes it because you're playing a lot off the top of your deck. So if if you're doing anything that plays off the top of your deck, I would say Look at Izzy Azumi, and as we move forward in the game, I'm imagining we'll probably see a bit more of those kind of effects that like to play off the top of the deck. So just in the back of your mind, remember that Izzy Azumi will be there for you if you care about what's actually on top of your deck. Absolutely, and you know it's not only it's not always going to be just the uh, the black decks that mm. play off the top of the deck. You know, like one day they're going to start releasing other colors that let you do that. And yeah, being able to stack the top of your deck is just unheard of in most other games <laughs> one day my um my potato special um jargamon dreams are going to come true and that yes. sort of digivolve into whatever's on top of your deck effect is going to become good and then izzy is going to be my secret tech that's that's going to be the ultimate gambling right there oh. i love it no so that that would be the one other card that I would point out. But otherwise, I think that's a fairly solid list for um for staple cards. So we'll move on to the next part of our discussion now, which is a bit more a bit more technical, less about specific cards, and more about the actual overall construction of the deck. Um, with all of the colors we've talked about, sort of the card ratios that you might like to play. In a deck of that color, we found that purple has a bit more wiggle room to include more options. Green obviously wants to have more Digimon maybe than any other color, things like that. So is there any, are there any sort of specific ways that the ratios of black decks tend to shake out? Do they tend to use more rookies, more option cards, more tamers? Uh, yeah, what, what's the kind of ratios look like in a, in a black deck these days? So the ratios tend to um, stick to pretty standard ratios. It it kind of depends on what archetype you're actually playing. Uh, for example, you know, if you're playing D Brigade, that's automatically 16 rookies that you have to play. So I then play another six rookies on top of that for the weird decks that I like. Uh, so that can get out of hand. But most of the time, it's really just... Um, you don't want to play more than, I would say, six level sixes, because black specifically can get very bricked if you get a lot of high-level Digimon. Um, it it doesn't bail itself out very easily, um, yeah. specifically with the when Digivolving effects happen a lot. Um, you kind of need those perfect stacks, so I like to include a lot of Digimon, but it does have a little bit more wiggle room for options. Um, I feel like out of all the colors, you can kind of sneak in a couple more options than you feel comfortable with. <laughs> I always feel like uh, just because the security effects on your options are so good, just almost unstoppable, it, it's hard to take those cards out, you know? And uh, another thing is like... I. I recently have gotten some serious love going to uh, Parabolic Junk. The zero yeah. cost uh, your Digimon gains to gains the ability on deletion gain two memory. That is a very very good card. That I don't know why nobody else is playing. Uh, 
I've almost taken a level 5 out of every single one of my black decks to stick at least one of those options in. So I feel like you can play a little bit with those kinds of ratios. Um, pretty normal. I I keep finding that I have the exact same ratios as, like, red, which is a bit strange to me. Um, mm. I mean, other than, you know, Shoutmon, who wants to play 26 uh, <laughs> level 6s. <sixes. laughs> Um, yeah, but mostly, mostly just your normal ratios. Um, there, there are very few decks in black that stray from how you are, uh, supposed to play the game according to Bandai, you know, <laughs> they really, they really have, yeah. uh, have set it up to where you kind of need the perfect stack in your deck. So it, you kind of have to play a bunch of Digimon. You can you can play a little bit more tamers. I've found. Um, I know a lot of different topping decks that play five or maybe six tamers, and you don't really hear about that in decks except for you know blue who really take advantage of that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and and that comes from just Izzy Azumi and then the Izzy and Joe dual tamer both being so good that oh, you always yeah. want to see one at least in your first three turns. So, you know, it doesn't hurt to play six tamers because if you can get one down, they, they, they cause so much value that you can kind of get away with, with some more tamers. Yeah. Didn't necessarily feel comfortable calling it a staple. I think it's still a bit early days, but Izzy Azumi and Joe Keto, uh, full cost tamer and start of your turn. If your opponent has two or more Digimon in play, gain two memory. It's got a second effect, but I couldn't tell you what the second effect is because that first effect gave it you two memory matter. if your opponent has two or more <laughs> Digimon, which is going to happen all the oh. like all the time, Impossible and your opponent's around. often going to do it accidentally. Like, yeah, we're going to get that two memories. Uh, the the, the amount of times that we drop a two drop rookie to pass turn and give you one memory is yeah amazing, right? So like. That happens so, so, so often. That's one of the easiest dual tamers, in my opinion, to trigger. Um, There are very few decks that actually run single stack nowadays, just because there's so much removal in the meta. So a lot of people are trying to go a little wide, or they're playing Mm. decks like Deathmon, where you you kind of have to play the Sistermon, because it it makes the deck roll. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So you don't want to not play it, yeah. And then it gives you extra memory. It gives your opponent extra memory. Yeah, it's. Um, I agree. I think it's a little bit too early to call it a staple card, but Izzy and Joe is a very, very good card. Also, the second effect is uh, if one of your black Digimon is deleted on your opponent's turn, you can tap it to reveal the top card. If it's yeah. a Digimon, put it in your hand. Oh, if it's a black yeah, Digimon, okay. yeah. But like yeah. you said, it almost doesn't matter because <laughs> because the the first effect is just so 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 good. That's what we care about, really. Yeah, just give me that sweet sweet memory. Mm. Oof, gotta love it. Yeah, so black. I guess you got it. Sounds like with black, you've maybe got depending on which. I guess makes sense because black has so many different ways that you can build it. We talked about all the different archetypes that black. Has. It makes sense that there's a bit more maybe wiggle room in black than there tends to be in other colors. You can afford to maybe throw in a couple more of those tamers, especially if you've got things like Easy, which let you sort of dig yourself out of those holes where you don't have the right card. You at least get to look at the top three and then say, oh, well, I need that level five. Bring it to the top. Absolutely. You play with more options, especially because the options tend to be so strong in black. We talked about some really... Um, it's really strong ones, so you can Which feel is, comfortable playing a, maybe a couple more. Yeah, that is such a good turn from what Black started with originally. Oh, I mean, yeah. I I played a reboot deck in 1.5, and the best option in my entire deck was looking back on the good times. <laughs> Which, looking back on the bad times, it's it's great. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, you, the, for the longest time, the running sort of wasn't even a joke. It was just kind of a sad fact. Was that yeah. black was just not as good as what everything else was doing. Even in 1.0 when yellow was 
also hot garbage. Like Absolutely. Absolutely. Of... And it's so funny because like the exact they they released such in theory broken archetypes for the deck, right? Like mm. reboot and blocker alone would be leading archetypes. But they just splintered it so bad in the first couple sets that it just it couldn't gain the traction that it needed. And then, yeah. you know, it came out of nowhere with the metal groove on Digiburst. Yeah. And then really took to off. Turn around. <laughs> mm-hmm. So very exciting times ahead for Black. Which actually leads us really nicely into our next topic of discussion, where I wanted to ask you about what are some of the current strong black decks so for people listening to this in the future when i say current i mean uh bt6 has just kind of come out so we're currently in double diamond uh parts of the world are getting the classic collection but not all over so we might not uh talk too heavily about classic collection but so for for bt6 what's some of those stronger more popular more interesting black decks in your opinion yeah so just for an honorable honorable mention I will say, once the classic collection comes out, Machine Dramon is going to be so much fun. Oh but yeah! For my North American viewers, I will uh, keep it <laughs> keep it BT six. You know, in the in the sad BT six world that I'm living in as well. Uh, <laughs> sorry, no, sorry, North America. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. A couple of the decks are really good. Um, one of the decks that I've seen a lot of, and I'm actually struggling with against which is a surprise cuz usually I usually I play enough of the black archetypes that I don't I know how to beat the decks but yeah black royal knights is yeah I think really slept on um if if they can get the right cards I don't know how to beat it <laughs> it's it's kind of to that point to where if, if they can pull it off I don't know what to do against it uh I, at one point last week, played a deck where he not only had a Craniumon on the field, but then he went into a Genkumon with his second stack. Ooh. And, yeah, board wiped me, and then hard played a Mechanorimon to end his turn. So <laughs> I was in a in a real, real bad place. Uh, multiple security checks, I can't kill any of his blockers. Yeah, it was not fun. Um, and, you know, that deck is only going to get better. In my opinion, I don't think that people have really hashed out the perfect way to play it yet. Uh, I keep seeing lots and lots of different lists, yeah. but I think that 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 archetype in general is going to be good. And then uh, I actually have seen a blockers list that has been doing pretty well, um, just because of how the meta is right now. Uh, unless you're playing yellow, if you're playing a blockers deck, you can stave off dying long enough, especially with some of these bond decks, that it's pretty easy to cheat out a win. Yeah. Um, and then, I'm super excited for Diaboramon, but <laughs> I, I I don't know if I can consider it a, a best deck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, maybe not best deck, but Diaboramon's yeah. always fun. Like, it's always an interesting Absolutely. time. Uh, there's also lots of different ways to build that, in my opinion. Um, I, I'm rocking the uh, final Zubagon Punch OTK Ooh, yeah. promo Diaboramon style. Uh, you know, being able to take seven security checks in one swing feels pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the with the release of EX and the ability to add decoy to your tokens. I think that opens up a, a third archetype of Diaboramon. So we'll have OTK and then um, Token Swarm and then the Blocker Decoy kind of archetype of Diaboramon too. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, I think that'll open up a lot of different play styles. So maybe someone can find the, the right combination of cards to make that deck shine. Yeah, it's something to look forward to once, uh, or something something to maybe have a play around with. Like, I don't currently have a black deck that I'm super interested in playing. Maybe I'll take a look at the classic collection Diaboramon stuff, and maybe I'll end up with a with a Diaboramon deck for my black deck. Yeah, I mean, it seems pretty fun. Uh, 
pairing pairing that Diaboramon that gives all of your tokens blocker, I think with the decoy could be really fun. Or maybe even given it the throwback of the uh, 1.0 Diaboramon that spawns yeah. a token on swing and has delete a token instead of this Diaboramon, I think could potentially see some play. So it opens up a little bit. Nah, some some really cool, really cool, interesting stuff on the horizon for Black, I think, especially once, sorry, North America, but once EXO1 right. <laughs> really starts to hit. I did um, run to my local box store and try to find one of those um, gift oh, box yeah. sets that has some of the cards released early, but no luck. Those things are really hard to find, I've heard. Oh, yeah. Like, super difficult. Which is I'm, so I'm sure all of the uh, employees of Walmart are really annoyed with me calling every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, there, there are there are worse things I could be dealing with, I guess. But... Absolutely, you know, I could be just uh, raiding them for Pokemon cards like back in the day. Oh my gosh! So, saw a sign in one of my local shops today. Talk about limits on buying trading cards because this is like a big box store, not a right. not a game store. And it's like, oh man, what what's happened to you to necessitate that? Oh, oh god, that was that was That's the uh, that was my introduction to Digimon. I actually was only able when uh, 1.0 came out. I found all of the starter decks, and they only allowed me to buy one starter deck. Oof. And I was like, but I need two of each of them. <laughs> Like you don't understand how this works. <laughs> I need oh. these cards. Yeah, yeah. that was yep. that was my introduction back in the 1.0 days. But it was, oh. um, I think we were allowed one one booster box, one of each starter deck, and that was it. Oh. That's what you had. So you had, you took your two Gaia forces and you liked it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I will. Um, I will take this us getting cards later than normal over that any day. <laughs> definitely oh all right well i think that wraps up our discussion about black which is kind of exciting it's the last main color for our color theory series so kind of kind of a bit of a weird feeling now to have (laughs) powered through all six of the colors but i feel like we really ended on a high note there that was um Black is a really fun color. It's something I've been meaning to, a color that I've been meaning to get into a little bit more. So thank you for all your insight today, Devin. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, if you ever want to hop on the Discord and test out those black mm. decks, I will totally be game. Oh, yeah. I will definitely be around for that. And anybody anybody uh, listening, obviously feel free to hop on to our Discord. There's a lot of good stuff that, happens in there um i think we're at a we're at a nice level right now i feel like every day i'm seeing some people getting some games in people having a chat about the latest products it's great just love to see it is there anything that you would like to promote at this point Devin? anything you want to shout out or yeah absolutely um so like i said i run a discord called the tulsa tamers society um started out as a pretty local just kind of some guys from the card shop that i wanted to keep in touch with um and we've evolved into i'm having tournaments with people from around the world um so if you're interested hop on uh, the memory gauge discord and hit me up i'm just devin on there i think (laughs) uh just you know wait a day and you'll see me post so it's pretty easy to get a hold of me um, or just look for the Frigimon. Yeah, or just look for the Frigimon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, but other than that, uh, I just want to say uh, keep listening to the podcast, man. I, <laughs> I love what you do, and I've listened since the beginning, and I'm super stoked to, to be on here. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> Oh, and and uh, rate on Spotify because that's a new thing as of today we can do. Oh yeah, so, I just saw that. That's yeah, five stars. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you feel is an appropriate rating will be fine. So, oh, so four or five stars. We know it's five. We know it's five stars, Connor. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
Excellent. Um, so at the end of each episode, obviously, once you've heard enough from us listeners, we would like to hear from you. Devin, do you have a question for our listeners? I sure do. And Connor, Excellent. it's not going to be the same question that I asked the last time we recorded this. It's actually different because I have a lot trade of secrets. This, this is the yeah. first time we did. I didn't stuff that up. This that, is that was... abso- absolutely the first time. I've never even talked to you before. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So my listener question of the week is, what is your favorite white card? Ooh. Okay. Yeah. We don't, we don't talk. We didn't talk about uh, the color white very often in any of this. And, I think black takes advantage of a lot of white cards in the options yeah. of uh, level sevens, right? So I'd love to know what people are talking about and what their favorite white colored card is. I mean, as of EXO1, doing a quick check on digimoncard.dev, it looks like we've got 30 white cards. So Wow. Oh, well, actually, sorry, that's including a BT7 card. But, mm. um, but yeah, quite a lot of white cards. Obviously, all these level sevens which are really cool but we've got some tamers some option cards um for for my money favorite white card i mean there's a certain like nostalgia that comes with uh, the bt1 omnimon it was like, oh, yeah. really the first chase card it was absolutely just the diaboramon really killer. really powerful yep <laughs> single-handedly <laughs> kept diaboramon out of the game <laughs> i mean that's a lot of fun as a as a red player in recent times, I'm obviously a big fan of the uh, the Blitz Omnimon from Battle of Omni. The four cost run with the four cost Digivolve with Blitz is a lot of fun. Um, those are the two white cards I probably play the most often. But if I had to say favorite, I'm actually going to go with uh, Nokia Shiramine. Yeah, three cost Tamer. The works with Agumon and Gabumon. You can play her and play an Agumon or a Gabumon from your hand without paying its memory cost. Has to be specifically Agumon or Gabumon. I will point that out. You can't use this to cheat out your bonds, (laughs) which everybody, (laughs) when when everybody, I think when this came to English, that was everybody's first question was. (laughs) Absolutely. Just goes to show what a bunch of degenerates we are. But. um... No, so can't play the bonds, but there's some really cool stuff that you can do playing with Argumon for free. My favorite thing to do is to play an Argumon or a Garbumon that has an on-play effect and just do a neat little chain of effects happening. And then also it makes it cheaper for you to digivolve into a Garurumon, a Greymon, or an Omnimon. You can suspend Nokia when you digivolve into a Garurumon, a Greymon, or an Omnimon and reduce the cost of the digivolution by one. So I love my Greymon tribal deck. It's a lot of fun. I built a Garurumon tribal deck at some point. That was really fun. At one point, I was trying to have a Greymon or Garurumon tribal deck in every color. I almost have that right now. (laughs) Which is an interesting... (laughs) Yep, that's actually what I was going to say, is I also love Nokia because the the options, because those are the poster children of Digimon, so they keep getting released in different colors. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah they're always going to be making Garbumons. They're always going to be making Argumons. They're always going to be printing Garurumon, Greymon, and Omnimon. So, Nokia is always going to be partially relevant, at, at least. Absolutely. But yes, listeners, please let us know what are your personal favorite white cards in the Digimon card game. Would love to hear about it. And if you have any questions, comments, feedback, or concerns, you can email me, memorygagepodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at me at Connor EFMG. You can join our Facebook group, or as we've alluded to, you can join our Discord server, which is probably the easiest and quickest place to get a hold of me because I just constantly have that open on my phone, it seems, and I'm constantly checking the notifications. So if you're looking to get a hold of me quickly, that's the place to do it. And the links to all of that will, of course, be in the show notes, as well as all the the links to hopefully the um maybe some maybe some contact info for you, David, if people are looking to get a hold of you. At the very least, we can yeah, absolutely. Your, uh, your little Frigimon picture so people know what, what to look for. <laughs> Absolutely. Alrighty. So new episodes of this show come out each and every week. So make sure that you're following us 
on your podcast service of choice so that you can stay up to date. And hey, if your podcast service of choice allows you to give the podcast a rating, why not drop us a rating and a review? Because it really helps people to find us. Even if it's not necessarily five stars, it does help us out a lot and help people to pick up the podcast. It's okay, all right, Connor. We you. all know it's five stars. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not going to ask that people rate That's okay. anything more than they feel. It's just the guest. It's just the guest. It's not you that's saying it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's it's not um you, you know, it's not sort of oh, what's the word? Up myself of me. Yeah, to, there's no there's no vanity here. It's fine. <laughs> because I'm not asking for it. It's just the person that I've specifically curated to be on the show is Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Totally random circumstance. Alrighty. Thanks for being here, Devin. It was great talking to you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Connor. It's always a pleasure. I love playing you. I love talking to you about the meta. You've helped me build a lot of decks over on the Discord, so this is my pleasure, absolutely. Yep, awesome. And thank you, listeners, so much for listening. This is the Memory Gauge, logging out. Logging out.